The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford and Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. A crazy week in sports. And we have it right here. We're going to recap it all. The Tigers split a series against the Baltimore Orioles after their hot start. Something's up. Cleveland loses 2-3 to the Southsiders and basically has given the division to the White Sox. While the Red Hot Reds continue their strive to get to first place to beat Milwaukee, the Mud Hens are in first place. I can't believe I just said that. The Mud Hens are in first place. Warinsky stays in Columbus. And local, local, local products. While we're in the second week of the Olympics. And disappointment for Team USA. Not so much for me. It's brisk. It's comfortable outside. When does college football start? Guess who's back? All in the Alfred. And a shot at a goal. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Choo choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that, I say, I love you guys, and welcome into another edition of. Of all Andy Alfred right here on your exclusive home for me. That is the Anchor Network. And you're listening to me tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network. Whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you're listening. Wherever, whenever, and however you're listening. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for tuning in to the show tonight. To give me your time and your effort to listen to what's happening in the local and national and world sports as well as what's happening in my life. You can follow us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford. Follow us also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. So welcome in on this, the second day of August 2021. 55 days in counting until yours truly gets married and gets wifed up, as a lot of people are saying to me. So welcome into the program tonight. As Actually, it's 53 days. 53 days, my apologies. 53 days from today. I am so looking forward to it. So looking forward to it. As we have a lot to get into tonight, of course, we're going to talk a little bit about the new situation with college football as the weather outside tonight absolutely is Pitcher perfect for college football. It's also, by the way, tonight the start of uh, Midnight Madness for college for the high school football teams out there. They're playing those two-a-days. They're getting ready for the season to start, so good luck to you guys out there. Uh, 
play safe, stay hydrated. You know, we're looking forward to the to stands being full again in the fall for high school football. But like I said, tonight we're going to talk a little college football. Also, we're going to dive into the Jackets and their signings of the free eight at free agency. Zach Wierenski staying with the Jackets for six years. We'll talk about that, as well as other signings that you know for me it's a little bit iffy, and I under, I don't understand why. Uh, we'll also dive into the Olympic recap, of course, as well as an Andy Rance tonight on a certain team that the U.S. is fielding. We'll talk about that as well as we'll talk a little bit about. The first place Toledo Mudhens. The Mudhens coming off of a big win, big homestand win. We'll talk about that and see where they're going to go. The first place Toledo Mudhens. How about that, folks? But a uh, lot to get into tonight, of course. Like I said, follow us on Twitter at AllAndyAlford as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlford. So let's talk a little baseball. Go right into it right off the bat. A crazy, crazy week in the trade deadline. The Tigers did not make that many moves. They only made one move, and that was getting rid of Daniel Norris, trading him out. And the Tigers are basically saying, we're going to stick to what we have on the field. And I kind of like it in some aspects, but, you know, this team is a rebuilding team. And uh, they could have went out and got a few pieces. They could have moved Cabrera. They could have moved a few young, older, older veterans. But they decided to stay with the young kids, and I like that. I really, really do. And I, it shows that uh, A.J. Hinch believes in his team, believes is that his club is there and right for the taking. And they're getting – they come off of the series last week where they played, you know, probably some of the best baseball that they played all season long. As the Tigers went in – this past weekend, and they took on the Baltimore Orioles, who are the worst team in all of Major League Baseball. And for me, it was kind of shocking to see that the Tigers only could split the series with Baltimore. I mean, coming off of the series win, coming off of a series win against Minnesota that week, and the high-scoring game on Wednesday at Target Field, a football score of 17-14, to you know, I figured that the that the Tigers would, you know, be even more into gung-ho, more into pushing themselves to win, but they didn't, you know, and they, they split the series against Baltimore, and we're going to recap the whole series this past weekend for them as we'll dive into Thursday night as Baltimore loses to the Tigers by a score of 6-2. to two. It was Casey Mize getting the win. He goes to 6-5 and five with a 3.41 ERA. Wells, the loss, he goes to 1-1 one one with a 5.28 ERA. The road to 500 for Cabrera keeps going as he hits two home runs in the game, his ninth and 10th of the season as he's closing in on that 500 home run milestone as in his career as the Tigers getting the big 6-2 win. For the Tigers, Casey Mize, like I said, gets the win. He went seven innings strong, four hits, one run. None That run was not earned, two walks and two strikeouts, his ERA a 3.41. For the Orioles in the game, it was Wells on the bump. Five innings pitched, seven hits, four runs. Those four runs were earned. Three walks, one strikeouts. He gave up one home run to Cabrera. Plunko coming in for the Orioles. He went two, thir- two innings pitched, three hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned. One walk, the one the other home run he gave up to Cabrera. So the Tigers, a big 
6-2 win in front of 15,833 time of the game, 2 hours and 35 minutes. So the Tigers getting a big win to start the series off, and then they fell apart quicker than a Walmart sweater in a, in a, in a washer. As the Tigers fall in Game 2 of the series to the Baltimore Orioles by a score of 4-3, to three, as Harvey gets the win, he goes to 6-10 with a 6.20 ERA. Scoble the loss, he goes to 6-10 with a 4.53 ERA. Schuster the save, his fourth of the season for the home runs in the game. Mountcastle his 17th for the Orioles. And Severino having two home run game, his 7th and 8th of the season. Questionable calls behind the plate in the game. As Harvey dealt, he has been dealing an unprecedented 18 and a thirds inning scoreless streak. That's that's pretty damn good for for Matt Har- for Matt Harvey. As he went six and two six and a thirds innings pitch, six hits, no runs, none earned, no walks, five strikeouts. His ERA a six point two zero. For the Tigers, it was Scoble on the bump. He went five and two thirds innings pitch, giving up seven hits, four runs. All four were earned, one walk, four strikeouts. He gave up all three home runs to Mountcastle, his 17th, and Severino. Severino with his 7th and 8th of the season as the Tigers falls to the Orioles by a score of 4-3 to three in the game. Time of the game was 2 hours and 52 minutes, 18,861 in attendance at Comerica Park. You get to Saturday's game, and Detroit falls 5-2 to two to the Baltimore Orioles. A great outing for Means. He's pitched a pretty strong game. He gets the win. He goes to five and three with a two point eight four ERA. Manning the loss. He goes to two and four with a five point five nine ERA. Schuster to save his fifth of the season. Homer's hit in the game was Franco, his eleventh, and Eric Haas, his eighteenth of the season. As Means gets his first win since he pitched the no hitter. So it's good to see John Means back. On the bump for John in his outing with the Orioles. He went a total of six innings, four hits, one run. That run was earned, one walk, six strikeouts. He gave up the home run to, to Eric Haas, who's eight, who is his 18th of the season. His ERA now a 2.84. For the Tigers in the game, it was on the bump. Manning on the bump, five and two-thirds innings, seven hits, five runs, two of which were earned. Two walks, three strikeouts, the one home run he gave up to Falco, his 11th of the season. Time of the game, 2 hours and 59 minutes, 25,132 in attendance at Comerica Park. And then we get to August 1st, the first day of August, and the Tigers getting a big win on Sunday by a score of 62 and a good-sized crowd at Comerica Park. They had three runs in the first, one run in the sixth, and two runs in the seventh. No home runs hit in the game. It was a game of small ball. As Detroit wins six to two, as Ramirez gets the win, he goes to one and zero with a four point three two ERA. Watkins the loss, he goes to two and two with a three point eight one ERA for the Baltimore Orioles. As in the game for the Tigers, it was Alexander starting. He went four innings pitched, four hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned. Two walks, two strikeouts. He did not give up a home run. His ERA a four point seven. Seven for Baltimore in his outing. It was Watkins going five and two thirds inning pitch, getting the loss. He get he had three hits, four runs. Those four runs were all earned. Two walks and four strikeouts in his outing. His ERA now a three point eight one. Time of the game, by the way, two hours and fifty six minutes, seventeen thousand one hundred thirty four 
in attendance at Comerica Park. So the Tigers split the series with Baltimore, two games apiece at Comerica Park, and now the road begins for Detroit. They now battle a tough Boston Red Sox team. And I, I say it's tough because Boston just lost big games in Tampa, and they've lost first place in the division. So these are huge. These are huge games for Boston. They have to recover from this, and especially with the Rays playing upcoming. We'll, we'll get to the schedule here for what this week's schedules look like for Major League Baseball. But this is a huge series for Boston. This is a huge series for Detroit, too, because Detroit is still hypothetically, mathematically still in it. Not in the division, but in the wild card. We'll get to that here in just a second. But they will start tomorrow night. As a 705 first pitch, it will be Richards on the bump for Boston. He's 6-6 six six with a 5.15 ERA. Peralta will start for Detroit. He's 3-2 with a 3.64 ERA. 705 first pitch at Comerica Park. 710 first pitch on Wednesday. We'll see Rodriguez for Boston. He's 7-6 with a 5.60 ERA. He'll take on Casey Mize, who's 6-5 with a 3.41 ERA. 7-10 start time for that one. Thursday, the concluding home game of the homestand. We'll see Scoble on the bump, 6-10 with a 4.53 ERA. Perez for Boston, he's 7-7 seven seven with a 4.56, 110 start time. Those games, all games, will be available on Bally Sports Detroit in and as well as on MLB Network on Tuesday night. On Boston, it will be on Nesson as well as on MLB Network. Wednesday's game will be on Nesson as well as on Bally Sports Detroit. Thursday's 110, MLB Network, Bally Sports Detroit, or on Nesson. So there is those schedules for the Detroit Tigers versus the Boston Red Sox this week. After Boston, Detroit heads the road. Three games in Cuyahoga, yes, they will head to the Cleveland Indians slash Guardians for three games this upcoming weekend, then three games in Baltimore before they return home to play three against Cleveland, and then three against Shohei Otani and the LA Angels of Anaheim. Looking forward to seeing Otani in Comerica Park. I, I've seen Otani play at Comerica, and he was pretty good. This is a couple of years ago when he was first coming into the league. He was pretty special, so now with this aura around him, it'll be interesting. It'll be very, very interesting to see. And speaking of the Indians, the Indians, let's talk about the Tribe. The Tribe struggling as of late. You look at what Cleveland did at the, at the trade deadline, though. They gave up Cesar Hernandez to the Chicago White Sox, okay? They've also, they basically have given up on the season. You look at how the season, they got rid of their best second baseman, best hitter at, you know, the, one of the best opening hitter, first few innings hitters that they had. And what happens? They go into the south side of Chicago this past weekend, and they just, they don't look themselves. And, and the sad thing is, we wish that Terry Franco, we wish Terry Franco were the best going forward because as you are aware a lot of people aware that uh, Tito is stepping aside uh, because of health problems so their bench coach will be taking over the position 
and Tito is like six games away from the all-time winning manager in Cleveland Indian history. And he steps aside. You know, he could have done the last six games, but no, 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 no. He knows that something's wrong, and the health and the health of him is more important than a record. It really is. It really, really is. And you look at this team and this makeup of this team. Noah Hernandez, the pitching is not there. And after this series loss to the White Sox, I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to say it to Tribe fans. I think it's over. This series is this series put put the Indians officially out. It really did. We'll get to the standings here in just a second, but the momentum that they had and they have been struggling since the break. Since the break, they have lost, they lost, they won their series against Oakland. They've lost 1 2 Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine games. They've only won one, two, three, four, five, six. They are six in nine since the break. That's not going to cut it. And especially with tough games going forward. You've got four games in Toronto. And we'll get to what happened today up at Rogers Center. Then you got three against Detroit. You've got the makeup game against a hot Reds team. You've got three against Oakland. Of course, you've got three against Detroit and then three against Minnesota. But then you've got the Angels, who are hot, three games. Texas, who is battling. And then three against Boston. I'm just telling you. Try fans, I think it's done. I think you could put this season to bed. But let's recap what happened this weekend. We'll start on Friday night and a horrible incident as Jose Abreu, bottom of the eighth inning, took a pitch high, gets clocked upside the head. Now, it was unintentional. Clearly, it was unintentional. But that idiot, Tony LaRussa, is probably one of the biggest idiots I have ever seen in my entire life. Crankjack was not trying to throw at Abreu's head. He was not throwing at Abreu's head. You keep watching the replay over and over again. I keep watching the replay over and over again. And he got he was going for the upper corner. The ball got away from him. He knew something was wrong. It was not deliberate. It was not intentional. It was a bad pitch. James knew he threw a terrible pitch. He knew he got it got away, but that that old man, Tony LaRussa, who is clearly not a great manager, because his even his own players, even his own players don't like him. He goes out there, runs up on Roberto Perez. And says, what are you doing? Why are you throwing at my guy? Bench is clear. Abreu runs into Reyes as he's going down to first base. Abreu stayed in the gate, by the way. Abreu goes down to first base. 
And Reyes is talking to him, and he knew that he didn't throw it at him intentionally. But old man Jenkins, I call him that now, old man Jenkins, Tony LaRussa, decides to throw a hissy fit. Oh, he threw him at him intentionally. Oh, he threw him at this. Blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you. Shut up, old man. I have friends that are White Sox fans who do not like you. I have people who are in Major League Baseball that don't understand why the White Sox hired you in the first place. And number three, you've lost it, man. You have totally lost it. So to have him go out after James Krenchak, the pitcher, and it was not like it was intentional. Like I said, you look at the replay, and we'll we'll show it on our on our Twitter account. You can look at it again on our Twitter account. He threw it high, but he was trying to find it in the zone. He wasn't throwing at him intentionally. The ball got away from him. And it, like I said, it wasn't like the game was already in favor of the White Sox. They had the bases loaded. And for Tony LaRusso to go out there and all oh, showboating, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I gotta stand up for my guys. I gotta stand up for my guys and run out there. Give me a break. He's a terrible manager. He has been a terrible manager. He was great when he was with the with the Cardinals for the longest period of time. Gave me tortures as a Tiger fan. But the man is is long gone. Long gone. Get rid of him. And if they don't win the World Series this year or even get past the first round, if I was a White Sox fan, go. Should ask uh, Nick the Money Man DeVera, former broadcaster. We should have him on next week. We'll... So, if Nick listens to the podcast, which I know he does sometimes. Your people talk to my people. We'll get this all situation. But the Indians do get the big loss. They lose to the White Sox 6-4. to Ruiz, when he goes to 1-1 one one with a 2.90 ERA. Friend check the loss. He goes to 7-3 with a 3.18 ERA. Hendricks to save his 26th of the season. And, you know, the White Sox just kept getting better and better. They pick up Craig Kimball in the in the um, at free agency from the from the Cubs on the north side. We'll talk about that all in a second. Reyes homering his twentieth of the season. Johan Mancada his ninth of the season for the for the Pale Hose. For the Indians of the game, it was Mejeda starting for the Tribe. He went four and a third innings pitch, four hits, four runs, all four earned four walks, two strikeouts. He gave up the one home run. That home run to Mancada his ninth of the season. For the White Sox in the game, it was uh, Ruiz, the winner. He went an innings pitch, only giving up one strikeout. Yari at 2.90, but it was Lynn on the hill. Five innings pitch, seven hits, three runs. So three runs were earned, one walk, seven strikeouts. Yari a 2.07. Time of the game, three hours, 42 minutes. 36,123 in attendance at the rate field. We get to game two of the series. And the Indians come out swinging, hammering the ball, putting it into play. Rosario his sixth, Owen Miller his first, Hodges his fifth. As the Indians get a 12 to 11 victory over the Pale Hose on the south side. As it was guards of the win, he goes to one and zero with a 2.31 ERA. 
Kopnik the loss. He goes to 3-1 with a 2.55 ERA uh, class of save. His 13th of the season. For the White Sox in the game, it was Goodwin his fifth. Uh, Zaval homering three times in the game. His, his first professional home run. And then two and three more home runs after that. Eagle his sixth of the season for the Indians in the game. For, excuse me, for the White Sox, it was Keuchel on the bump. Five and two, five and thirds innings pitch, five hits, five runs. So all five were earned. One walk, four strikeouts. He gave up three home runs in his outing. Like I said, Kopnik getting the blown save and the loss. He pitched an inning, five hits, five runs. Those five runs were earned. One walk, one strikeouts. His ERA a two point five five. McKenzie starting for the Tribe. He went four innings pitch, four hits, six runs. Those six were earned. Three walks, two strikeouts, three home runs. He gave up in his outing time of the game. Of course, like I said, three hours, 37 minutes, 35,866. Three hours, 37 minutes took play. By the way, Shaw, good outing. Third of an innings pitch. Three hits, two runs, one earned, and he gave up a home run. Like I said, Indian fans, season's done. Get rid of Shaw. You have to. And we get to yesterday. Walk off, home run. Wingard knew it. Gave it up. As Brian Goodwin gives the Southsiders basically the division with the win. A walk-off home run into the right field seats. As the White Sox beat the Indians 2-1. Hendricks the win. He goes to 5-2 with a 2.47 ERA. Wingard the loss. He goes to 2-4 with a 5.55 ERA. Straw for the Indians homering his 6. Good win. His 6th of the season. The walk-off home run. In the game. It was Quintel starting for the Tribe. He went six innings pitch, three hits, one run. That run was not, however, earned. Four walks, six strikeouts. His ERA a 3.40. Lambert starting for the White Sox. He went three innings pitch, two hits, one run. That run was earned. One walk, two strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Straw, his third of the season. Time of the game, by the way, two hours, 45 minutes, 34,344 in attendance at U.S. Cellular Field. So the Indians fall two of three to the White Sox today. However, they head north of the border for their first road trip in over 500 days. Yes, they headed into Canada as the Blue Jays are back at Rogers Center for a big four-game series against the Jays today on Victoria Day in Canada. By the way, happy Victoria Day to our Canadian followers up there as they get the big win in extra innings by a score of 5-2 to two today. They get back on the bump. Two runs. They scored two runs in the third and then three runs in the tenth to win 5-2. to two. The surprise, Brandon Brunch, the win, went to Shaw. Four and five with a 3.21 ERA. The former Indian Brad Hand gets the loss. He goes to five and six. With a 3.86 ERA class to save his 14th of the season. Jose Ramirez homering in the 10th inning off the foul pole. His 23rd of the season. But Vladdy Jr. going deep. His 34th home run of the season. Gotta love it. Two home run hitters. Man. 
but it was Straw helping the Tribe with the big win in the extra frame, getting the run across, run across in the tenth inning, and then Ramirez giving the insurance in the bottom and the top half of that inning with that home run off the foul pole to give the Indians a five to win. In the game today, it was Morgan starting for the Tribe. He went six innings, pitched five hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned. One walk, nine strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Vladdy Jr. His ERA now is 6.75. For the White Sox, it was Ray, Robbie Ray on the bump. Six innings pitch, six hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned. Three walks, four strikeouts. Time of the game on Victoria Day, three hours and 14 minutes, 14,653. So the Indians getting back onto the winning page today with their win over the over the Blue Jays. The Jays and the Tribe will continue their run. Excuse me. Jays slash, will take on the Indians slash Guardians. Game two of the series tomorrow, we'll see Plesek on the bump, 6-3 and three with a 4.26 ERA. He'll take on Hajay Rayu, 10-5 with a 3.26 ERA, 7.07 first pitch. On Wednesday, it'll be Maheda on the bump, 1-6 with a 7.60 ERA, taking on Matt, who's 8-6 with a 4.58 ERA. Thursday's game, a... Evening game, 7.07 first pitch for both all three games. It will be McKenzie, 1-4 with a 6.11 ERA. He'll take on Stripling, who is 4-6 with a 4.75 ERA. 7.07 first pitch. You can watch all the games on Bally Sports Great Lakes or on the Sportsnet or Sportsnet 1. So the Indians after tonight will have three after this series will take that, go back home. Play three against the Indian, three against the Tigers. Excuse me. Then they'll have a makeup game Monday against the Reds. We will be on the air post game of that. It'll be either a celebration for Reds fans, celebration for continuing celebration for Tribe fans. We'll see what happens as the Ohio Cup will be determined this upcoming Monday. Then they'll have three against Oakland. Then three at Detroit. Three at Minnesota before they return home for a long homestand for six, for nine games. Three against the Angels, three against Texas, and three against Boston. So we'll see what happens with that as the Indians are trying their best to stay foot in the into the playoff hunt. One team, though, is making their push towards the playoffs. It's in the senior circuit, and that is the Cincinnati Reds. And how about the Red Hot Reds right now? They just took two of three from the Tanks, New York Metropolitans. Two of three from the Mets, who just got Javier Baez in the free agency pickups. Unbelievable. And before we even get to that, let's talk about last month. We have two players on this team. The NL NL Rookie of the Month is my guy, my favorite red right now, besides Joey Votto, of course. And we'll get to Votto here in a second. Jonathan India was named NL Rookie of the Month this month. Unbelievable. This kid deserves deserved to be in Colorado for the All-Star Game. This kid can rake. This guy can play. This guy is the all-around player, and I hope he stays with the Reds for the long, long, 
long, long time. I love this kid. I love this kid. He is absolutely amazing. He was named, like I said, the player rookie of the month. You want to also know who else was named rookie of the uh, player of the month? Joey Votto. Absolutely raking the ball. Huge series. They go in to Wrigley this past week. They went into Wrigley and took three of four from the Cubs. Now, the game Monday, for me, I was more or less upset with with uh, how it ended, especially with Baez giving a little taunt. But the, but the Reds were there. Reds stayed with it the entire time. And Joey Votto bangs, my friend. He, pardon my language, he fucking bangs. He had seven consecutive home runs. Seven home runs. From the 26th to the 30th. Seven home runs. Unbelievable. They took three of four from the Northsiders. And they were outscoring them. In the four-game series against the Cubs. 22. 26 to 12. 16. Six, 26 to 16 in run differential. Unbelievable. Blotto bangs, my friend. A two home run game on the 30, on the 28th. A two home run game on the 20, on the 27th. He homers again on the 29th. And then on Friday, in Flushings, he hits his 21st home run of the season. And then the kid, the rookie of the month, Jonathan India, Hits two home runs, his ninth and tenth of the season, and it was all that Sonny Gray needed. The Reds getting a 6-2 win and flushing at City Field with the with the Mets having the black uniforms back. As I say it best, and this one belongs to the Cincinnati Reds. Gray gets the win. He's three and six with a two four point two eight ERA. Castro the loss. He goes to two and three with a three point five zero ERA. Like I said, Jonathan India his ninth and tenth home run of the season. Joey Votto his twenty first. And Joey Votto can bang. He can he can hit the cover off the ball. He is he's gonna Joseph Daniel Votto is to my opinion a first ballot Hall of Famer and I. God, I hope that he stays with the Reds for the longest period of time. Because he is the bright spot in the Reds. Absolutely the bright spot. Catalyst for the Reds. Gray, six innings pitched, five hits, one run. That run was earned. One walk, seven strikeouts, no home runs. ERA, a 4.26 ERA. It was Cookie Carrasco's first start in over two years. As he's now with the with the Mets. He went four innings, pitched three run, three hits, one run. That run was earned, one walk, four strikeouts. He gave up the home run, one home run in the game. But Castro the loss, 
He's now two and three. Oh, by the way, Carrasco's ERA two point two five. Castro with a little loss. He's now two and three. His his final line one inning pitch, two hits, one run. That run was earned. No walks, one strikeouts. His ERA a three fifty. Time of the game three hours and two minutes thirty one thousand seven eighty seven in attendance at City Field. We get to Saturday, and unfortunately, Baez getting his first second start with the Mets goes yard in the bottom half. Goes bottom yard, clearing the bases. A two-run bomb by Baez off of Miley. And the Mets beat the Reds by a score of 5-4 to four in extra frames. Except Baez getting that power, getting them back into the swing of things. Baez is 23rd home run of the season, but for the Red Lakes, it was Angelio Suarez, his 20th of the season, and Farmer, his 10th. As the Mets beat the Reds by a score of 5-4 to four. in the game for the Reds. It was Miley, seven innings, four hits, three runs. Those three runs were earned, three walks, two strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Baez. Lorenzen came in to pitch. Humbry came in pitch. Doolittle had the blown save. That's why Caselli, the loss, he goes to 3-2. and two. With a 2.75 ERA, he gave up one hit that one run in the bottom half of the 10th inning as the Mets beat the Reds by a score of 5-4. to four. For the Mets in the game, it was Rich Hill on the bump. Five innings pitched, five hits, four runs. Those four runs were earned, one walk, four strikeouts. He gave up the two home runs to Suarez. And Farmer, time of the game, two hour, three hours and 22 minutes, 26,477 at City Field. We get to Sunday. And the Reds just, you know, they do the red things. The kid, the young kid, is absolutely amazing. Chirac coming in, beating Strowman. The kid had a five-hit game, including a home run, his second of the season. As the Reds beat up on the Mets. By a score of seven to one, Gutierrez the winning goes to six and three with a four point three nine ERA. Stroman the loss he goes to seven and ten with a two point eight zero ERA. Chirac homering like I said his second of the season. McNeil homering his sixth of the season for the Metropolitans. For the Reds in the game, on the bump was Gar- uh, Gutierrez seven innings pitched three hits one run that run was earned two walks four strikeouts he gave up. A home run, that was the McNeil home run. His ERA a 4.39 for the Mets in the game. Stroman, five and two-thirds innings pitch, eight hits, four runs. All four were earned. One walk, four strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Chirac, his second of the season time of the game. Three hours and six minutes, 23,443 in attendance at City Field. And with the win, with the win, the Reds in the month of July finished third best in all the major leagues at 16 and 10 unbelievable the reds are hot folks if you're not on the red wagon right now i i can't help you i can't help you the reds are off tonight they will start a quick two game homestand with the minnesota twins 
We'll all start tomorrow night, 7-10. It will be Mejeda on the bump for the Twins. He's 4-4 four four with a 4.40 ERA. He'll take on Malley, who's 8-3 with a 3.71 ERA. The game, that's a 7-10 that's a start time. Wednesday's game, a afternoon game on Bally Sports Ohio or Bally Sports North. Uh, it will be Louis Castillo on the bump, 4-10 with a 4.20 ERA. The Twins have not yet named the starter for that game at 12.35 on Wednesday. We'll keep you posted on our Twitter as well as on our Facebook. Thursday, the Reds then welcome in the Pirates for a four-game set. 7-10 first pitch for that one will be Sonny Gray on the bump, 3-6 with a 4.26 ERA. On Thursday, Friday night, we'll see Wade Miley on the bump, 8-4 with a 2.86 ERA. And then on Saturday, it will be Gutierrez, 5-3 with a 4.75 ERA. The concluding game on Sunday, we'll see Wade Miley on the bumps, 8-3 with a 3.71. He'll pitch on Tuesday, and then he'll pitch again on Sunday. And then the Reds will have a huge road trip, including the big game next Monday, against the Indians, 6-10 first pitch for that one. And then they will go to Atlanta for three straight. And then they will be in Philadelphia for three straight before returning home to play the Cubs for three and then the Marlins for four. So that's going to be interesting. It's really, really going to be interesting going down the stretch. So let's take a look at the standings going into today's play before we get to the MLB news and notes. In the standings right now, we'll take a look at the American League Central. The White Sox, like I said, holding strong. They're at the top spot. At 62-44, and 44, the Indians are at 52-51, and 51, eight and a half games out of first place. The Tigers are 51-57, 12 games out of first place. Kansas City, 45-59, and 59, 16 games out of first place. And the Twins are 44-62, and 62, 18 games out of first place. In the AL East, it is Tampa holding top spot with Boston, with the Rays beating Boston and taking the series. They now have the top spot at 64-42. and 42. Boston, a game and a half out of first place at 63-44. and 44. The Yankees are 56-48, and 48, seven games out of first place. Toronto, 54-49, and 49, eight and a half games out of first place with their loss today over Cleveland. Baltimore with their series split with the Tigers are 37-67, and 67, 26 games now out of first place. In the AL West, it is Houston at 64 and 42, holding the top spot. Oakland is at 60 and 47, four and a half games out of first place. Seattle 56 and 50, eight games out of first place. The Angels are 52 and 53, 11 and a half games out of first place. And Texas is 38 and 67, 25 and a half games out of first place. In the senior circuit, let's take a look at the National League Central. It is the Brew Crew at the top spot at 63 and 43. The Reds are 56 and 50. They're seven games out of first place. St. Louis is in the third spot at 53 and 52, nine and a half games out of first place. The Cubs falling apart at 50 and 51 and 56, 12 and a half games out of first place. The Pirates are 40 and 65, 22 and a half games out of first place. With the three, the two losses the Mets have, they're still holding the top spot at 55 and 49. But the Phillies are right there at 52 and 53, three and a half games out of first place. Atlanta's in third at 52 and 54, four games out of first place. Washington is in fourth spot at 49 and 56, six and a half games out of first place. And the Miami Marlins are 44 and 61, 
11 and a half games out of first place. So that division's a little bit open right there. In the West, it is San Francisco holding the top spot at 66 and 39. The Dodgers holding at second spot at 64 and 43, three games out of first place. The Padres 61 and 47, six and a half games out of first place. Colorado 46 and 60, 20 games, 20 and a half games out of first place. Arizona, the worst team in all the major leagues right now, at a record of 33 and 73, 33 and a half games out of first place. Now tonight we are going to take a look at the wild card. Yes, it's that time we're starting to look at wild card. Now here is the wild card situation. There will be two teams that will make it for the playing game, of course, and we'll start off. Like I said, the division leaders are Tampa the White Sox, and Houston. The wild card looks like this. Boston holding a three-game lead as the top spot in the wild card. Oakland is in second spot at 60-47. and 47. The Yankees are in, are the outside looking in at 56-48, and 48, two and a half games out of a wild card. Seattle 56-53, and 53 and a half games out of a wild card. Toronto 54-49, and 49, four games out of a wild card spot. And Cleveland is 52-51, and 51, six games out of a wild card spot. Angels 52 and 53, seven games out of a wild card spot. Detroit 51 and 57, nine and a half games out of a wild card spot. Now here is where the senior circuit stands. The leaders right now are the Mets, the Brewers, and the and the Giants. The Giants holding the top spot at 66 and 39. The two wild card teams are the Dodgers at three and a half games at the top spot. Then the Padres at 61 and 47. The Reds are four games out of a wild card spot at 56 and 50. St. Louis, six and a half games out of a wild card spot, 53 and 52. The Phillies, 52 and 53, seven and a half games out of a wild card spot. Atlanta, 52 and 54, eight games out of a wild card spot. The Cubs at 51 and 56, nine and a half games out of a wild card spot. So if you're a Reds fan, I'm telling you this. I rather. Be a division leader than a wild card team because you would have to play the Dodgers, who are now loaded, absolutely loaded, with with Scherzer on the bump. You have four starting pitchers that are absolutely lights out. So, and they're the defending champions. So if I'm a Reds fan, I'm looking to have this division to go to the division. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Here are some games of note, like we mentioned before. Baltimore is in New York. Philadelphia is in Washington. The Rays are hosting the Mariners this week. The Mets are in Miami to battle the Marlins. Angels are in Texas to battle the Rangers. The Brew Crew are hosting the Pirates. San Francisco is playing Arizona, but that doesn't really that matter. Uh, you also have, like I said, you have Twins playing the the Reds. Another one, Kansas City is playing Chicago on the on the South Side. That's a big one. Another big one is St. Louis hosting the Braves. All games matter. The Padres are in Oakland to battle the A's. That is a huge series. And then you have the defending champions battling the Astros. That's going to be interesting. That is going to be very, very interesting. 
Very, very interesting. Especially with how those that series is going to be huge. Absolutely. As we look at the news and notes from around Major League Baseball, of course, we're going to recap the trade deadline, of course. The big move, of course, Anthony Rizzo now in the pinstripes with the New York Yankees. Chris Bryant now with the San Francisco Giants. Like I mentioned, Javier Baez with the Mets. Craig Kimbrell with the, with the White Sox. And the hedges that are along Wrigley Field are now in my backyard. Plain simple. Play pretty much plain simple. And we'll see how it all shakes out. You know, this year was interesting to see all these big players go, but also the prospects that go with this trade. These trades. To see that all shake out, it's just absolutely amazing. Uh, all eyes on the league will be on watching the LA versus Astros series. I know that's going to be a huge series. Uh, Bregman has a setback. Alex Bregman's going to have a set, had a setback in his minor league day, in his minor league rehab stint. Um, uh, Andrew McCutcheon is nothing, nothing alarming to his knee injury. He is on the IL. Uh, like I said, the, the MVP, the, um, the valuable player of the month in the American League goes to Shohei Otani and the National League goes to Joey Votto. So I'm just ecstatic that, you know, the Reds are holding on and they're holding strong. And I, I'm, if I'm, like I said, they just. They, and they went out and got bullpen help, which was what they really need. They really need bullpen help. I love Humbry. I love Doolittle. I love Hendrick. I love this team. I really love this team. I love what this team has capable of, what this team can do. And then the funny thing is, not only did Votto win player of the month, he also won player of the week, by the way. George Springer for the American League. Joey Votto for the National League. Unbelievable. I, I, I just look at it. You have Doolittle. And now, and, and better before we get into the minor league situation that I'm going to talk about here with the Mudheads and everything like that, you have Moustakis in rehab. You have, uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank here. Um... Uh, Boros down there as well. They're hitting the cover off the ball. They think that they're going to have uh, they're going to have uh, Moose back by this weekend against Pittsburgh. If that's the case, lock it in, lock it in. Like I said, Mikael Guyvers coming over in the trade. I like I like Guyvers from the trade. Uh, Garrett. Hoffman, Lorenzen. This, I, I, I just say it. This team is there. It's ready to go. They just need to, you know, they, they just need to stay healthy and they just need to keep winning 
keep winning ball games and hopefully have Milwaukee lose and have the the Padres or the Dodgers start losing. And we could be talking playoff baseball at Great American Ballpark. Possibly. If they win the division, they'll, pl- they'll probably play San Francisco in the first round. If they play in the wild card. Probably have to play San Francisco if they make it to the make it past the one game playoff, and if they play the one game playoff and they beat the Padres, if the Padres fall somehow falter, they've got to play the Dodgers. And the Dodgers, I, I I don't trust the Dodgers. That's just how I feel. So we'll see, we'll see, and hopefully we can get Nick Nick the Money Man Devera next week, and we'll, if we have him, it will be a full hour show for us. Talking straight baseball. Talking all sports, of course. But baseball will be the big thing. Because, and we'll get his opinion on, on what's happening. So, look for that next week on All Andy Alfred. As we'll have a sit-down with MLB blog writer Nick DeVera this upcoming week. We'll, 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 we're not going to tape it. We'll, have it. we'll We'll tape it, of course. But we'll have it for you next week on All Andy Alfred including with the rest, rest of the show. As you're listening to All in the Elf for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. Let's talk about the first place Toledo Mudhens. A huge series against Omaha gets them to hold the top spot in the International League West so a huge series took place this past week as the Mudhens came back to Fraction Field, fifth third field, as the Mudhens took on the Omaha Storm Chasers for the first time in the franchise's history at fifth third field. Omaha comes into fifth third field at the top spot of the International League West bracket as the Mudhens were in second. A huge series. The Mudhens were two games out of first place going into this series, and the Mudhens are now on the top spot of the International League West standings right now. It's the Mudhens getting a big 9-2 to win in the opening of the series against Omaha. It was Pinto the win. He goes to 6-1 with a 4.12 ERA. Uh, Barker the loss. He goes to 0-1 with a 7.53 ERA as Toledo beats Omaha by a score of 9-3. Oliveira's his homering, homer for the Storm Chasers, his 12th of the season. Witt Jr., his 3rd of the season. It was Cody Clemens, his 7th home run of the season for the Mudhens. It was Christian Stewart, Stewie getting his 12th home run of the season. Good crowd on hand at 5th, 3rd field for the big win on Tuesday night of the opening series. And then Wednesday, Omaha and Toledo just battled it out. The game went over 4 hours long on Wednesday as Omaha beats Toledo by a score of 14-12. to And it wasn't really much of a home run game. It was a lot of small ball. As Ross Jr. gets the loss for Toledo, he's now 2-6 and six with a 6.52 ERA. Uh, pay pump the win. He goes to 2-1 with a 3.86 ERA. As it was Omaha, a 14-12 win over Toledo. It was Plinto. Uh, uh, Plateau, excuse me, his third home run of the season. Oliver is his 13th of the season. Kristen Stewart continuing the home run power. His 13th home run of the season is Adeline Rodriguez homering his 16th of the season. 
as Toledo falls to Omaha in the series. Thursday, Omaha continuing their run. They get a getting a big 8-5 to five win over the Mud Hens as it was Vines. The win, he goes to 5-3 and three with a 4 ERA. Uh, De Jesus, the loss, he goes to 3-1 and one with a 5.27 ERA. Pay Pump, the save, his second of the season. Adelin Rodriguez for Toledo Homer in his, his, excuse me, his 19th, 17th home run of the season. As Castillo, homering four for the Storm Chasers, his third of the season. And Planto, homering his fourth for the Storm Chasers. You get to Friday... Big crowds at 5th, 3rd this past weekend. And it all started Friday as Toledo only allows Omaha one run in the game. Toledo puts 11 on the board as they beat the Storm Chasers by a score of 11-1. to one. Uh, Payroll the win. He goes to 2-3 and three with a 4.43 ERA. Singer the loss. He goes to 0-1 with a 27 ERA. Christian Stewart homering his 14th of the season. No home runs hit. For the Storm Chasers in the game on Friday, you get to Saturday, and Toledo shuts down the Storm Chasers by a score of three to nothing. Kalish, the loss, he goes to one and three with an 8.44 ERA for Omaha. Uh, Lightner Jr., the win, he goes to a perfect five and zero with a 1.84 ERA. That's to save his first of the season. No home runs for Omaha, of course, in the game because they were shut out. It was Jones, his fifth. Nunez is 16th, and Clemens his 8th. And then we get to yesterday. A big series, like I said, Toledo up in the series, three games to two. They did not need to split the series to still be two games from behind. They go out, and they beat on the Storm Chasers by a score of 6-3. to three. No home runs hit by either team in the game, but Toledo, with the win, takes the series four games to two. They take the season series against Omaha, and they take first place in the IL West. Lang, the win, he goes to 1-1 with a 4.60 ERA for the Mudhens. New Baby, the loss, he goes to 1-4 with a 5.64 ERA. Both teams did not homer in the game. So Toledo, the top spot in the International League West, in the International League West standings right now. So the Mudhens now will hit the road. They will play seven games in six days in Nashville, which will start tomorrow night. We'll get that here in just a little bit. But with the win, the four series, four series win, both teams, Omaha and Toledo, are a top spot in the International League Midwest Division. Both teams are forty-four and thirty-two. Toledo is the top team, though, because they have beaten Omaha at in the season series. St. Paul, the St. Paul uh, Saints are 40 and 37, four and a half games out of first place. The Indianapolis Indians are 37 and 39, seven games out of first place. Columbus 34 and 42, 10 games out of first place. The Iowa Cubs are 32 and 43, 11 and a half games out of first place. And the Louisville Bats are 30 and 47, 14 and a half games out of first place. In the national, in the Northeast, in the in AAA, in the International League, it is Scranton Wilkesbury at the top spot at forty-seven and twenty-six. Buffalo forty-six and twenty-nine, two games out of first place. The Worcester Red Sox are forty-one and thirty-five, seven and a half games out of first place. Lehigh Valley is thirty-four and forty-one, fourteen games out of first place. Rochester thirty and forty-three, seventeen games out of first place, and Syracuse is twenty-six and fifty, twenty-two and a half games out of first place. 
In the southeast, it is the Durham Bulls at the top spot at 51-26. and 26. Nashville, who Toledo will be playing for seven days, seven games in six days, are 44-33, and 33, seven games out of first place. The Fighting Shrimp of Jacksonville are 43-34, and 34, eight games out of first place. The Gwinnett Stripers are 41-37, and 10.5 games out of first place. The Memphis Redbirds are 38-40, and 13.5 games out of first place. Norfolk is 30-45, and 45, 20 games out of first place. And the White Sox affiliate, the Charlotte Knights, are 28-49, and 49, 23 games out of first place. So there is the standings going forward today in this in this overall. And just to want to make sure that we have, we don't have a uh, bracket standing update for the for the wild card when it comes to that. But Toledo is holding the top spot. So here is the updated rotation for the series. I believe both teams have not yet named starters for the series against each other, but it will all actually they have for tomorrow night. Tomorrow night it will be an 8:05 first pitch. In Nashville at First Horizon Park, he'll be Pinto on the hill, six and one with a 4.17 ERA. He'll take on Limbaum, who's three and one with a 1.35 ERA, 8:05 start time for that one. By the way, for Omaha, their next series is against. If I could pull it up here, really quickly for you. Ah, here, 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 here we go. Omaha is battling. In Columbus against the Clippers. So we're rooting for the Clippers this week to beat Omaha for a few games so that Toledo can get a little bit more of a standing lead. So Toledo will play Nashville is Pinto versus Lindbaum on Tuesday night, 8.05 first pitch. You can listen to that game on the Gambler, uh, Fox Sports Radio, 1230 WCWA. Game 2, 7.05 first pitch. It'll be Hutchinson, 7-3 with a 3.82 ERA take on Jenkins. Who's two and five with a six point three nine ERA seven oh five Eastern first pitch for that one on Wednesday. On Thursday, it will be it will be both teams have not yet named starters for Thursday's game on the fifth of August and so on and so forth. They have not yet named starters, so they have named their starters for the next two games, Tuesday and Wednesday. After the series against Nashville, Toledo will continue their road trip. They'll go to Columbus for six games as they will battle the Clippers before they return home for two weeks straight of baseball in downtown Toledo, as they will be taking on Indianapolis for six straight, and then they will take on the Saint, they will take on St. Paul for six straight, if I'm not mistaken. I want to say it's St. Paul. I want to say it's St. Paul. We'll see. I'll double check in for you right here. Our producers taking a, taking a look at their schedule right now. As they are going to be playing, yes, they are playing St. Paul August 24th through the 29th. And then they head back to Omaha on the 31st. So a huge series into September that could determine the division. They'll play two straight weeks on the road at Omaha and then at Iowa before they come back home to play four straight against against. Columbus, then they'll go two, four to six straight against, five straight against Louisville, and then they'll finish up with more against Saint Saint Peter, um, yeah, over against 
against uh, St. Paul to end the season. So there is that for you guys. As you're listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now let's dive onto the ice. Yes, we're going to talk a little hockey. The Jackets making a big splash in free agency. Now let's talk a little NHL hockey for you, of course. Let's talk about some of the free agency, of course. Big signings, of course, coming out. One big signing, of course, Ryan Murray signing a one-year deal with the Colorado Avalanche. That is a huge signing for the Avs after their after losing some of their key players. As we look at some of the trade trackers, of course, the trade tracker from the 31st of of uh, July 31st. Of course, Vancouver acquires goaltender Spencer Martin from Tampa Bay in exchange for future considerations. Detroit has acquired Mitchell Steffen from the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for a six-round uh, pick in the 2022 draft. The, the Rangers signing Ryan Reeves from the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for a third-round pick in the 2022 draft. The Avalanche have acquired goaltender Darcy Kepner from the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for defenseman Connor Tillmas and a first-round pick in the 2022 draft and a conditional third-round pick in the 2024 pack. Vincent Vanek is now a player for the Washington Capitals from the Seattle Kraken in exchange for a 2023 second-round pick in the draft. Calgary has acquired Daniel Valar from Boston in exchange for a pick in the 2022, a third-round pick. Buffalo has signed defenseman Will Butcher and a 2022 second-round pick from the New Jersey Devils in exchange for future considerations. Um, Calgary has acquired Nikita Zansanoff from, from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for a third-round pick in the 2022 draft. The Hawks also acquired Tyler Johnson in the second-round pick from the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for Brent Seabrook. Yes, Seabrook is going to Tampa. Winnipeg has acquired defenseman Nate Schmidt from the Vancouver Canucks. Of course, Curtis McDimmon signing for the Seattle from acquiring from the Colorado from the Seattle Kraken in exchange for a fourth round pick. The Avs also the Hawks also pick up the flower. Mark Andre Fleury, and he is excited to be a Chicago Blackhawk. Unlike some of the reports coming out of Chicago saying that he was going to retire, but the Vegas Golden Knights trade Mark Andre Fleury in exchange for Mikel Handrickman, and so the Hawks get a big time goaltender Fleury coming in uh, for that one. Of course, the re signing, the big free agent tracker, is still going on as we speak. Uh, and let's talk about the Jackets. The Jackets making a big splash. They sign Zach Wierenski to a long-term deal. And this was what I, I... I knew this was coming. And this is a six-year deal for Zach to stay with the Jackets. And it is just good to see that Zach is going to stay a Jacket. And, you know, he's he's got a lot to prove. He has got a lot to prove in uh, going over some of his... Going over his six-year extension is his six-year extension worth fifty-five point 
$57.5 million starting on Thursday. He'll average about $9.6 million and run his contract through the 27-28 season. He led Columbus in defenseman with seven goals last season. He had 20 points in 35 games and was second to formerly Seth Jones, who's now in Chicago with the Blackhawks with with five goals, 23 assists in 56 games. Wernski missed the final 14 games of the season with the sports hernia. He's fully back and 100% healthy, and he's ready to do what he can for the Blue Jackets. Uh, like I said, some of the big names that are still out there, which is Zdeno Charo from the Washington Capitals, as well as Cassie Concerns from the, the Islanders, Devin Dubnik for the Colorado Avalanche is out there as well. Uh, like I said, Ryan Murray re-signed getting this deal with the Colorado Avalanche. Zach Parise is out there. Thomas Tatar. Uh, and also you have Jumbo Joe Thornton out there as well in free agency as well. Other notables for Columbus in their free agency re-signing for them. Uh, Columbus had gotten a couple offers. Of course, uh, uh, Alexander Texier is going to sign the two-year contract extension with the Blue Jackets. Uh, they also acquire also acquire uh, Lettinen. Lettinen, Miko Lettinen to a one-year contract. So Miko coming in from made his debut in the 2020-2021 season with six assists, eight penalty minutes, and 33 shots on goal, which averaging 15 minutes and 53 seconds of game time. With the Blue Jackets and, Tor- and the Toronto Maple Leafs, he re- he signs with the Jackets. You also have a signing. Of course, I did not want to see this, but it is going to happen. And Patrick Line has re-signed with the Blue Jackets, a one-year deal worth seven point five million dollars. Uh, Line. Accepting the offer, also accepting offers as well as Boone Jenner. Jenner is signing a long-term deal with the with the Jackets. Reached a contract for four years, fifteen million dollars, which averages about three point seven five million dollars a year for the next four years. Jenner as well as Eric Robinson signing a contract extension. So it's good to see Robinson there. Also, you've got. A big contract for the Jackets. The Jackets signed uh, Curly to a long-term deal. By the way, I wanted to say this. Boone Jenner said this. I love Columbus. I love everything about it. I want to stay here. I want to think as you go through your career, guys play with, with and without and whatnot are going to go through other teams and other things are going to happen. But guy, but talking with the guys that we've traded for and signed and everything like that, it makes me pretty excited. Everyone getting ready to, everyone's getting ready to go, and obviously we want to be back to where we were competing in the playoffs. So that's good to see there. Uh, Sean Kearney signing a four-year, ten million dollar contract, averaging two point five million a year. A year, the twenty-eight year old scored nine goals, scored nine points, four goals, five assists. In 47 games of the Boston Bruins this past year. Uh, I also want to talk about this really quickly. Nick Felino is not coming back to Columbus. Very disappointed with this. Jackets didn't, Jackets didn't make an offer to him. And uh, I was uh, I loved what Nick posted on, on his Twitter account. Thanking the fans of Columbus. And finally thanking everybody. As he's now going to Boston. 
to to play his career. He got a two-year deal with the Boston Bruins, so hopefully we can get a chance to go up to Detroit to see the Bruins play and see Nicky Flings do his thing in in with the with the Beamtown Bruins. So there's that for you. Also, another signing, like I said, Texier signing a two-year deal worth $3.5 million. Good to see Tex there. Uh, so it's it, it, it's good to see. Also, I said, like I said, there was another one. Uh, Bean getting a big signing, signing a three-year te- the defenseman, formerly Jake Bean, signing a three-year, $7 million contract with the Jackets. Averaging about $2.33 million, the 23-year-old defenseman who was a restricted free agent was acquired in a trade with the Carolina Hurricanes on July 23rd. Bean scored 12 points, one goal and 11 assists in 42 games as a rookie with the Hurricanes last season. One goal and 11, one goal in the 11 games that he played in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So Bean getting a big signing, so that's big as well. Um, wanted to share it with you. Also, Red Wing fans, Gagne, uh, Sam Gagne, signing a one-year contract with Detroit. Uh, Suter also agreeing to a two-year contract. Lasloff agreeing to a one-year contract. And Tyler Pertuzzi will sign a two-year contract with the Red Wings. Players that have not, the players that are gone from Detroit, Alex Bregla signs with Toronto. Uh, you have Darren Holm, who has signed with Colorado. Dylan McCram has signed with Washington. You also have Luke Glendening, who has signed with the Dallas Stars. That is a big move right there. Uh, players that are still under free agency right now that are available, Adam Ernie, Philip Heronik, Gustav Lindstrom, Chase Peterson, Giovanni Smith, as well as Jacob Verana. And that, those are in Group 2 of the FA, FAs. In Group 3 of the unrestricted free agents, like I said, uh, Calvin Pickard, Bobby Ryan, uh, Patrick Rebar and Henrik Zetterberg. Yes, Zetterberg is still on the payroll for that. Group six of the pay of the un, uh, of the unrestricted free agents is Joe Hendricks and Dominic Turgeon. Unrestricted free agents are Evgeny Shnechikov, Hayden Verbeek, Christian Jeruz, as well as Madrine Brom. For the Jackets, by the way, I wanted to make mention of that really quickly. Unrestricted free agents is Cliff Perot and Cole Sherwood. I hope they sign Cole Sherwood. That would be a big. Su- Signing right there. For the Jackets losing right now, they have still have Adam Clendenning on Group 3 UFAs. Uh, Zach Delphi is signed with F- Florida. Michael Delzato, a big piece in the defense core, is now gone. He is now with the Ottawa Senators. Mikhail Gregorenko is available. Miko Lettinen has re-signed, of course. Stefan Mateau has signed with the Colorado Avalanche. So hopefully, i like to see them get back Gregorenko. I'd like to see them get back Glenn Denning, and I'd like to see them get uh, Cole Sherwood. McGinnis would be a good pick. I mean, I, I, I like McGinnis. He's a good kid. But, you know, we'll see what happens with that. So, hockey right around the corner, folks. We are into August. September will be when they go to camp. And we'll start the season back up in, in October. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. And we'll give you all the coverage right here. On all Andy Elford, as well as the walleye, the walleye coming back into the swing of things. They are now using this season as quote unquote back to full strength. The fans are allowed to back in. The tickets are going to be on sale as of this week for single game tickets. By the way, opening night tickets are going to be $20 in the main level, in the upper level, or $29 for opening night. 
The rest of the season is going to be $19 in the lower bowl, and then it's going to be $24 in the upper level for this upcoming season. Uh, get your tickets, 419-725-WALL, ToledoWallEye.com, as well as Winterfest tickets are going to go on sale as well. Uh, I know I get my stuff through the Kalamazoo, and they announced that they have limited tickets for, for Kalamazoo fans to go for the Winterfest the outdoor game, so it'll be nice to see the Jackets affiliate playing outdoors against the Detroit Red Wing affiliate. Hopefully, if you're a Jackets fan, this would be a great time to see the prospects of the future in an outdoor setting to get your taste of what it could be soon if we have a Winter Classic at the Shoe or at the new Cruise Stadium. Just going to throw that out there. Just going to throw that. As you're listening to all ADL for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now let's talk Olympics. It's time for the Olympic recap. Tokyo becomes the spotlight. Every four years. The world is watching. It's Tokyo 2020, the Summer Olympiad. And this is the Olympic recap right here on the All Andy Alford Network. As this is the Olympic recap for this, the second week of the Tokyo 2020 Games, right here on All Andy Alfred. As this is the recap, of course, we are into full swing of competition as the pools are starting to become a little bit less crowded and the track and field is taking shape as we are fully into day 11 of this the 2020 Olympics going forward tonight as Alyssa Felix will begin her pursuit to Olympic history in 2020, this Olympic season, of course. We've got some big events, of course. The United States holding the top spot in the medal count right now at 64. Right now in the top spot, holding strong. With 22 gold, 25 silver, and 17 bronze. The Republic of China is 29 gold, 17 silver, and 16 bronze. The uh, Russian Olympic athletes are 12 gold, 21 silver, 17 bronze. Great Britain has 11 gold, 12 silver, and 12 bronze. Japan, the host country, 17 gold, 6 silver, 10 bronze. Australia is in fifth spot, tied with Japan with 33 overall, 14 gold, five total of four, excuse me, silvers, 15 bronze. Italy has got four golds, nine silvers, and 15 bronze. France and Germany tied for eight with 23 overall medals. Both have six golds. France has 10 silvers. Germany has six silvers, but they all Germany has 11 bronze. And France has seven bronze. Korea is in 10th spot, six gold, four silver, and nine bronze. 
Canada is in 12th with four, with three golds, four silvers, and seven bronze. So those are the top, of course, the top 10 and some of the other notables, of course. Spain, one gold, three silver, and three bronze. Looking at some of the scheduled events for today, of course, that will be taking place. Some big ones, of course, was that took place this afternoon. It's Jean Corpopolks from France winning the 25-meter rapid-firing shooting for the men's and the men's 25-meter rapid-fire pistol shooting is taking gold for France. Table tennis is in full swing at the quarterfinals as well as water polo. Water polo Spain was a winner today over Croatia 8-4. In handball today in the women's preliminary group B play it was Hungary 26, Sweden 23. In shooting in the 50-meter rifle three position in the men's final, Chang Sang getting the number one spot, getting gold. Uh, gold for you for can't for China, Russia, and Serbia. In the rhythmic juristics, the men's rings, they went to China with gold and silver. Greece gets bronze. In the equestrian, double golds go to Germany and Great Britain. Double silvers go to Australia and Great Britain. And in bronze. Goes to Australia and France. The big one today, of course, was in soccer this morning as the United States has been defeated by Canada 1-0, knocking the United States out of the gold medal hunt. So Canada will be playing for a gold medal in women's soccer. They will play... They will play... Sweden for the gold on Thursday in Tokyo. A big day indeed. All the coverage continues, of course. As the Olympics continue right here in Tokyo 2020. Of course, as we dive more into the skev, the 3,000 meter steep chase final sees Maroon getting the gold, Ethiopia in second, and Kenya in third. In the women's 5,000 meter, it was the Netherlands getting the gold, Kenya the silver, and Ethiopia getting the bronze. In beach volleyball, it was the Germans beating up on the United States two sets to one. And action tonight, of course, will be in volleyball. In men's quarterfinal, men's volleyball, it will be Canada versus the Russian athletes. Also tonight, round one, heat one of the men's 1,500 meters. And then they will have the second heat. The women's javelin throw will be qualifying begins tonight as well as handball between France and Bahrain. The canoe sprint will be as the men's 1,000-meter semifinal, as well as the women's 400-meter round one will begin, as well as their, the second heat. In basketball tonight, it will be Slovenia versus Germany. In beach volleyball, it will be Brazil versus Sweden. Table tennis tonight will be a quarterfinal matchup between Japan and Sweden. And the women's team quarterfinal will be, in table tennis, will be the Koreans versus Germany. Men's semifinal field hockey for tomorrow tomorrow morning. Excuse me for tonight will be India versus Belgium. As 
we continue on to the Olympic play for today. Boxing for the bronze medal will be the United States Reagan Duke versus Samuel Tekken for from Ghana. In the men's felterweight semifinal for the bronze medal. Gold medal competition tonight, of course, the women's kayak single 200 meters will take place tonight. Some of the other meddling met notes tonight, of course, the sailing will happen tonight. It will be the 4-7 women's race at happening at around 11.05 Eastern Time, 12.05 in Tokyo. The men's race will also take place tonight as well. Boxing, there will be the 81-91 kilogram semifinal between Russia and New Zealand. The men's 400-meter hurdle final will happen tonight as well as the men's kayak single 1,000-meter final as well. And the sailing continuing on. Uh, notes, notes and notes the past today is that the Japanese, the host country, beats the United States in baseball today in extra innings by a score of 7-6. to six. As That is the Olympic recap right here on All Andy Alford. We'll have week three coverage for you on on set on Tuesday, this upcoming week, right here on All Andy Alfred. If you're listening to All Andy Alfred tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, we're gonna dive into what the weather is like outside. It's college football weather, right here on the All Andy Alfred Network. So I wanted to dive in a little bit on college football for you guys tonight. Of course, the big news coming out is that Oklahoma and Texas have accepted the offers and they will be leaving and going to the SEC in the 2025 season. So the Big 12 is finally going to be, you know, unfortunately disbanded. So I was reading a report on Barstool Sports as well as on on another another network about where what college football could look like the future of college football will look like and i was looking at it and there was a big picture of what it is and it's going to go from the power it's going to still be the power 5 conferences but the big 12 will not be the big 12 anymore and the american conference i think is going to dissolve into the new big 12 and uh i i really think that's what's going to happen and uh I wanted to go over something with you guys. For me, here's what the future of college football will look like, in my opinion. We'll start with the Atlantic Coast Conference, or the ACC. And this is going to go through all sports. This will be men's and women's volleyball, basketball, baseball, softball, football. Anything with the ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, PAC, SEC. This is what I think this, what the future is going to look like. So in the ACC, it's going to be broken up into two divisions with eight teams of playing. In the ACC, there will be a North Division, which will feature Virginia Tech, West Virginia, Syracuse, Pittsburgh, Boston College, Louisville, Notre Dame, and Virginia. And then in the South, it will be Florida State, Duke, Miami, Florida, 
North Carolina, Georgia Tech, Clemson, Wake Forest, and North Carolina State. Okay, like I said, the Atlantic, the American Division, American Conference, I think will dissolve into the new Big Twelve, and this is what the the conference will look like: be Air Force, Tulsa, Wyoming. Cincinnati, Memphis, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and um, I forget the other team off the top of their head, but uh, in they'll be in the North Division. In the South Division, it would be Baylor, UCF, SMU, North Texas, Rice, Louisiana Tech, South Florida, and Houston. So all of the American Conference teams will go in and take in Kansas State, and Oklahoma State, as well as North Texas, and a bunch of other, and BYU, and Houston, they'll all evolve into that. The Pac-12 becomes the Pac-16, in my opinion. And here's how it shakes up: in the North Division, you'll have Washington, Utah, Oregon, Boise State. You have Washington State, BYU, Oregon State, and Colorado in the North. In the South, you have South Carolina, uh, not South Carolina, USC, Cal, Arizona. You have Texas Tech with TCU, Arizona State, Stanford, UCLA. With the SEC, with the Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC in 2025, I think they go into a West division. They go into the West division. It'll be Oklahoma and Texas with Old Miss, LSU, Texas A&M. Mississippi State, Arkansas, and Missouri. In the East, be Georgia, Vanderbilt, Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, South Carolina, and Florida. Now, now you're asking me, Andy, what about the Big Ten? Where would the Big Ten fold in this issue? Well, the Big Ten will now be the Big 16, in my opinion. The, the Big Ten becomes the Big 16, in my opinion. And here's how it shakes out. In the East... It'd be Michigan, Ohio State, Rutgers, Indiana, Michigan State, Penn State, Maryland, and you add Purdue. And then in the West, you have Minnesota, Illinois, Northwestern, Iowa State, yes, Iowa State, Kansas, add Kansas, Iowa, Nebraska, Wisconsin. I think that's how it all shakes out. I think that's how the college football spectrum, I think, would be alignment. Now, this is going to have to come to the agreement of the ADs, as well as the, the presidents of the universities, as well as, you know, boosters and everything like that. they got to come to the agreement of this. I really like it. I think it makes sense. So if you look at the how the Big 12 is, West Virginia goes to the ACC. The Big Ten gets Iowa State and Kansas. The Big 12 becomes the American Conference while keeping Oklahoma State and Kansas State, as well as North Texas and and SMU and BYU. They all stay there. The Pac-12 becomes the Pac-16, and they get TCU and Texas Tech, which is fine with me. And then the SEC gets Texas and Oklahoma. I really like it. Does it matter to me because I'm a Mid-American Conference guy? Yeah, it does a little bit. That means that, you know, eight games for everybody in that division means 
that you're going to be uh, seven games everybody playing in the division means that you could be playing more conference games than playing against mid-majors like like Bowling Green and Toledo. But it also is good for college football. So how would you like it on a Saturday night, the Saturday night game of the week, you know, it'd be an ACC matchup, maybe Notre Dame versus, you know, Boston College. Uh, or if you did it this way, it'd be like you have it Michigan versus Purdue or Michigan versus uh, Indiana. Or then you have the SEC is probably where you want to look. Texas versus Texas A&M or Texas versus Mississippi State or Oklahoma versus LSU. Oklahoma versus Mississippi State. You have more of those matchups that we all look forward to. You have those rivalry games. Washington versus Oregon. Washington versus Washington State. And you bring that rivalry between Iowa and Iowa State. That's a big one. And the Big Ten gets that. I like it. I like it a lot. I love this alignment. I hope it goes into factor. I'm going to share the picture on Twitter. Your opinion, your thoughts on it. I like it. I want your opinion about it. I want your opinion about it. I'm going to send me your reply. Send me your tweets. It's at AllAndyL for you, the hashtag AAA Live. And we will read those tweets on air. So, yes, get ready for that. That is uh, it's coming in 2025. I, I, I think that's what's going to happen. 2025. You're going to see the Big 12 fold and, and they become the new American Conference. And this is the new alignment. I really do. I really do. I really like it. As you're listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now we're heading to the end of our program. It's time for Andy Rants. So it's now time for Andy Rants, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for tuning into the show tonight. Uh, if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do shows every Tuesday and with the fall comes around, especially how this weather is, and with college football right around the corner, we'll be doing podcasts Tuesdays and Fridays for the Falcon Fridays, of course, to get you set for Falcon football this upcoming season. It's going to be a young team, young season, another third year of a rebuild. We'll see what happens. We will see absolutely see what happens. So hit the subscribe button. Looking forward to talking to you guys and looking forward to hearing your responses regarding the college football realignment situation, as well as whatever's on your mind. Feel free to send me a tweet. It is at AllAndyElford. It's at AllAndyElford, as well as on Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. So tonight we're going to talk on Andy Rants tonight. Um, it's a subject that I really don't like talking about all that much, but I'm going to talk about it tonight. I feel like it. It's feel like it's warranted and needed. I'm glad the United States women's soccer team lost. I really am. Now, bear in mind, I do love a lot of the players on that team. I do love Alex Morgan. I do love all the young talent that they do somewhat have. Um, but, you know, in some realities, I do like it that they go, they lose and they go have to go back to reality. Um, their loss today over Canada to me is, you know, they only could blame themselves, especially the penalty call that they got called for. And lucky, luckily, the, you know, the VR, they asked for, the VR challenged it 
and it was called, and it was a clean penalty. It was happened inside the box, and you know, I, I love our players. Um, there's a few players that you know I, I kind of don't like, on the women's soccer team that you know can just you know. Politics and sports need to be separate. I know, I understand this is an international platform, and I understand that this is a this is a need for everything. But I don't need to see, don't need to have you flaunting the political process in front of sport, in front of the sport that I want to watch. Okay, this is what I'm trying to say. It sports is a getaway for people. They want to get away from the everyday world. And when you add politics and 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 social justices and everything like that to it, you know, it makes us want to turn the game off. It really does. And to be honest, these Olympics for the United States have been tough. Now, I understand I'm actually going to support Simone Biles. I understand that she's, you know, dealing with mental issues right now with with What's going on? She's got the case, the the case of the shakes and everything like that. When regarding of like of of like the gymnastic stuffs, I understand that. You know that that's something that you know. It, it, it's understandable. It completely is understandable. You know this this woman is stressed out beyond belief, and uh, but she's not stressed out enough that to throw the commercials out and throw everything else out. Just want to throw that out there for you. Um, but it seems to me that the United States women's soccer team was playing more politics than anything else, especially Megan Rapino. I I I liked her when she was, you know, the soft spoken girl, and now she's out there with the hair, and she's she's supposed to be the representative. You know who the real representative of that team is? Alex Morgan. At the end of the game. To see Alex Morgan still on the pitch, crying with the ball underneath her feet, upset and sad. But then for Megan Rapinoe just to make assumptions in the press conference afterwards, I I, I just, I, I, I don't get it. Megan Rapinoe, to me, is not a great player. She's not. I mean, I understand she's got some of the best best legs to put the ball into the back of the net. She's got great mental awareness of what the game is, but she wasn't there for the Olympics. You know, Canada only had three shots on net in their game today as they beat the United States. The U.S. had 13. I'm just glad that, you know, know, we've won the World Cup, but we've lost the last two Olympics. In 16, we lost because of Marta. I understand that. In the host country, Brazil, was all there. I understand that. They were all in on it. They figured that this year, and, and, and then they're saying, people are saying, well, they lost this year because they didn't have that many, they didn't have a good competition. They weren't prepared because of COVID. Pardon me, everybody wasn't prepared because of COVID. And with how good this team is, how they should have been well rested. Well rested. They played Mexico, which is their toughest team. 
They played Costa Rica. They played... No offense to those countries. They played lower-level country teams to get themselves psyched up for the Olympics. And they, 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 they just can't do it. They just couldn't get the job done. I'm just glad. They're playing for a bronze. They're going to play for a bronze. But it's Canada versus Sweden. In, and then it's Australia versus the United States. For women's soccer. They could still get a medal. I'm I but you know keep politics out of sports. That's all I ask. Cause a lot of us want to get away from politics. We turn on sports for entertainment. And I understand you make that point. You want to make that point for that, you know, black lives matter, and they do matter. Black lives, blue lives. All lives matter when it comes to everything. Kids' lives matter. Every life matters in this world. Every person and every life matters. I just don't want to see it when I'm watching soccer or I'm watching the Olympics or I'm watching baseball or basketball or hockey. I get away from that. A lot of people want to get away from that. We see it uh, on the conscious of every day. You watch it on the news every single day. Why do we need to see it again in sports? Why? I support I support the Black Lives Matter movement. I support our police and fire. I support, you know, I support people that are good people, supportive people that want to do things for po- in positive ways for this community. I just don't want I just don't want that to be flaunted in front of me when I'm watching sports. It just takes me back to reality and I don't want to go to reality. And it makes me and makes a lot of people want to turn off the TV. It really does. It really does. That's my rant tonight. We'll be back on Tuesday for another edition of All Andy Alford. Um, I thank you again for tuning into the podcast tonight. Um, we'll talk about the Tigers, of course. And by the way, remember Monday, next Monday, we will have a special post-game edition to see who will win the Ohio Cup between the Reds and the Indians. 6-10 first pitch for that one. So we will be on the air post-game for that. Looking forward to it. I am so looking forward to seeing who's going to lift the Ohio Cup. Will it be the continuation of the Indians? Or will the Red Legs finally lift the Cup? We'll find out on Monday. Until then, this is Andy Alford saying, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. Game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home, and my teams, go Reds and go Tigers. Go Tribe and Guardians. Go Hens. Congratulations on first place. Let's go Falcons. And let's go Jackets. Victory is sweetest. 
when you have tasted defeat. Have a great every great night, everybody. I will talk to you on Tuesday for another edition of All Andy Alfred. Love you guys. Talk to you then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Alfred Network powered by Anchor. You have been listening to Andy right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Leaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. And remember, you can follow Andy on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford. Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. Podcasts are posted every Tuesday and Friday right here on the Anchor Network.